She no, there's no, no denial. No. There's no denial. No, I'm, I'm not going to break eye contact. She does it a little more nope. surreptitiously. Where she's like, cat's not going to break <laughs> eye contact at all. Awake. Makes sense. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to talk about the book. Hey, no, it's not good for my self-esteem. Hey, welcome oh. back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its continued influence mm -hmm. today. My name is Will and joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts, Kat and John. Hey guys. I'm awake. Yay. <laughs> You're me too. Yes. <laughs> and when I say John, by the way, I'm talking about John Reddick. I know John Reddick. <laughs> Your own air yeah. horn. I don't know. Do I, am I air horn caliber talent? Yeah. Well, yes. Clearly you are. You just told us somebody recognized right. you at an event that you went yeah. to. Yeah. Among many you just went cool. to for fun. Yeah. I said no autographs. <laughs> we cut live now to the convention. Uh, no, but yes, you are. Of course, we know you as the, the media mogul of uh, Gen X Grown Up, the mm. YouTube channel, the mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I am one of the 40,000 plus subscribers that check out your videos. And now is a very good time to do it because, and this is, mm -hmm. this is true. John's my buddy, so mm -hmm. I would tell you otherwise, but this is 100% true. I wait oh. for John to review stuff that I might buy for Christmas for uh, yeah. some gifts for folks that I know like retro games. And some for myself that I could tell people, hey, you want to get me this Atari 2600 plus? That kind. I know it's good. I know what it's, yeah. I know it does what I want. And I wait for John to tell me. So, hey, yeah, definitely make sure you check, check John's uh, YouTube channel, podcast, yeah. everything out. And especially listen during December. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of December. Every day you oh, possibly right. can during December. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. That's right. I will have a surprise for you every day in December on our Gen X Grown Up YouTube mm -hmm. channel. Every yeah. day. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Now I'm wondering, maybe John mm -hmm. and I aren't friends and I want to take that air horn back because we don't even know what the surprises are, Kat. We do not know. <laughs> I want you to yes. be surprised too. I wouldn't That's steal that right. from you You're and right. rob Listen. you of that joy. Okay. Mm right. All right. It's like getting a Christmas <laughs> present. So yeah, you wouldn't, I want mm -hmm. you to tell me what yeah. you got me. Speaking of which, yeah. don't tell me yeah. what you got me. <laughs> no, no worries. I know you <laughs> no want danger. A no from danger. John. <laughs> yeah, no danger. <laughs> hey, on today's show, we're going to chat about the current news stories related to 1980s media, including the new mm -hmm. Karate Kidiverse. I'm really curious Ooh. about this and what this might be. Uh, an unlikely mm -hmm. 80s movie that's now a musical. Uh, Chuck E. <laughs> Cheese thinks it could just shut down the animatronics. Hmm? Hall, Hello? Uh, let's see, Hall, wa I forgot what I was going to say here. Hall wants less to do with oats. I don't know what that is. Uh, huh. Hall wants hmm. even less to do with oats. We'll explain. Hager. <laughs> I always say Hager. Sammy Hagar. Hagar. Sammy right? Hagar. Hagar. Sammy Hager. Mm -hmm. Hagar. I've always heard of Hagar. Hagar. Like Hagar Arr. the Horrible? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Hagar. Hagar. Oh, wow. There's three different things? Okay. There's, There's yes. <laughs> Hagar wants uh, even less to do with yes. Ross. And mm. who uh, will Willem Dafoe play in Beetlejuice 2? Mm. Uh, I like the story. We'll find out, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. All right, time codes yep. are in the show notes if you'd like to skip around. But don't skip around because we're going to start right now with the news. You don't want to skip past that. That's the only part I'm awake for. Yep. <laughs> so don't skip it. <laughs> All right. Hey, as reported by Deadline, Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio are teaming for a new Karate Kid movie. That's weird. It is. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what's going on. Let's try to wrap our heads around it. Yep. I, I don't know. Okay. But just for folks who may not recall, these, these guys both started in their own, what we thought were independent Karate Kid franchises. I uh, thought They so. were decades apart. Uh, but it seems mm -hmm. they are set to reprise their popular characters in Sony Pictures' latest installment of the iconic coming-of-age martial arts franchise. Uh, and with Jonathan Entwistle, who's known for directing things I, I don't know, teen drama, I'm not okay with this. So I think my oldest watched that. And the end of the mm -hmm. effing world? I don't know those. Yep. Oh. Uh, anyway, they launched it. The, uh, we, we found out, out about this because they published a video just a week or so ago. with The, the, the two gentlemen were there saying that they're doing this film. And they just launched a global search for the next Karate Kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> something. Uh <-huh. laughs> I don't know what this could be. I always thought the new Karate Kid was a reboot. I 
Thought so too. I even watched it. Yeah, I don't think I saw it, but I know Mo saw it, my co-host over on Gen X Grown Up, because yeah. he actually taught Taekwondo for a while. And he commented like it, it because they call it karate and it's not karate right. that he's teaching and all these things. He, he basically <laughs> said that's garbage. Watch the original, yeah. right? Is what he yeah, it's an um actually situation. But but yeah, it was because it was uh it was what uh, uh Will Smith's son. Jaden. Uh, yeah. yes. Jaden. Jaden Smith was the the karate kid in this yeah. case. So yeah. it sounds like it's not gonna be him because they're looking for a new one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not a kid anymore. He's no, no, yeah, I didn't have a problem with the re whatever i guess the the other karate kid i guess now it's karate kid five i guess really since it's part of the universe mm-hmm. um i i thought that it was good i enjoyed it um i also enjoyed it yeah it was similar in spirit but different enough mm-hmm. that it could exist in the same universe and not uh be confusing in a sense that it's for example yeah. It seemed, it seemed, I guess, wisely. Wisely, they didn't make Jackie Chan literally Mr. Miyagi of that universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. Right. right. And it's good for two reasons. One, Mr. Miyagi's Japanese. Jackie Chan is Chinese. Yes. So already that would be problematic. And it's set in China even to add to that. So yeah. whether that was just, again, trying to, you know, make it culturally sensitive or they were thinking this far ahead, but there's no real overlap in a sense where, you know, it, 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 it would require some kind of multiverse explanation that they could exist together. I do remember though, was it, uh, was it Zabka or was it, I forget who it was, was talking about the fact that even though this season's the last one, we're talking about some film projects. Mm-hmm. So this must be that thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. For a while now, even, I think even going back a year or more now, they were, they've been teasing that the next thing was a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 And yeah, I think the three I of can't. us were speculating, like, where does that mean it leaps off of Cobra Kai? It's sounding like it's going to be a tangent off of Cobra Kai, right? Mm-hmm. Because because we have, we have Ralph Macchio clearly is in it. So um, we know who he's going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no question who he's playing. Yeah. You yeah. never know who Jackie Chan might be playing. I mean, it could be anybody. I don't know. But <laughs> you mean he's but, not but, playing the character from the other Karate Kid? Mr. Han? Well, but, uh, I, maybe. I mean, maybe. Uh, are they are they connecting the two? Or are they just bringing? Yes. Are they bringing Jackie Chan's franchise over into the real Cobra Kai verse? Or yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for a brand new Karate Kid, as we yeah. said. So it's uh, it's I curiouser and curiouser. Yeah. yeah. I just figured he would be the character he was yeah. in that Karate yeah. Kid. Maybe I so. Maybe he, he is. He, he is. He is. Is he okay? okay. Seems logical. Okay. Yeah. Ba- okay. Based on the video, right. their little jokes about. You know, wax on, yeah. wax off, or jacket on, jacket off, hang it up. Mm-hmm. Those are the yes. different techniques each master used. Yeah. And what we do know about the plot is what we're told from Sony is that um, it will bring the story to the East Coast and focus on a teen from China who finds strength and direction via martial arts mm. and a tough mm-hmm. but wise mentor. So, right. there you go. whether that tough but wise mm-hmm. mentor is Jackie Chan or Ralph Macchio, I guess we don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm guessing Jackie Chan. I think Jackie Chan. Probably so. Yeah. Daniel Russo is not a yeah. tough mentor. <laughs> and speaking yeah. of the video, the promotional video where they're calling for, you know, open casting for the next karate For me kid. to star in it? Yes. I was wondering if you were going to audition. Well. Can we call it the Karate Man and have it star a man in his 50s? <laughs> the Karate Kid at Heart is what we'll call it. <laughs> But I was I the only one who watched that video and immediately went, those two people are not in the same room. Oh my They're God, both yes. on a green screen. <gasps> me too. Yes, right? me too. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was there was something missing there. So mm-hmm. like a certain um connection. Yeah, there, there, there was a spark that wasn't there. Yeah. There was a certain like the because initially it's like it was like a TV show where one person's playing two characters. <laughs> exactly. You know, yes. Kathy yes. <laughs> adores right. a minuet, right? It's, it's gonna right. be a Patty Duke show <laughs> with the two of them. But they were like standing very far apart and only one time did they cross the plane. Mm-hmm. Like right. they're not the same room. Yeah. They just read a script. But it's fine. They didn't travel across the globe to stand in a room and talk about but it it left right. out at me how it was so sterile. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because so there something felt off to me and I mm-hmm. didn't, yeah, I, I couldn't figure yeah. out what it was. Uh, look, everybody knows about the original Karate Kid, right? It was, it was part of the greatest year of a film in the 1980s, 1984. Mm-hmm. It was an unexpected oh, yeah. hit, spawned three sequels with Macho starring in two of them. Uh, Hillary Swank mm-hmm. took on the titular mantle in 1994. Uh, and then we've got this very successful Cobra Kai of which uh, we are fans. Um, yeah. And I'll remind you that uh, there was a Karate Kid musical that debuted in uh, St. Louis in, in 2022 uh-huh. and is headed to Broadway at some point. Although oh, they did a stage, they did a stage reading just this summer. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen any news since, so we don't know what mm-hmm. that's going to become of it. But uh, all right, supposedly very good. <laughs> According to the folks that have seen it and reviewed it. Let's okay. go. At the moment, and we know this could change, uh, Sony plans to release the film next December, December 13th in 2024. Mm. Film on, film <laughs> off. Uh, speaking of Ralph Macchio and musicals, uh, mm. this week in 1980s news, The Outsiders <laughs> musical will arrive on Broadway in spring of 2024. The Outsiders, which had its world premiere at the La Jolla Playhouse earlier this year, will arrive on Broadway in the spring. Previews will begin at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater March 16th, prior to an official opening on April 11th. Now, I, are you guys fans of the the the, uh, the film that came out uh, in the 1980s, directed by Francis Ford Coppola? I I, I saw it, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since. Not not out of lack of interest, okay. but <laughs> I you know I, I can't call myself like a fan of the movie because yeah. I don't feel like I've given it a, another. Fair rewatch. <laughs> Maybe I saw it. I know that okay. Stay Gold Pony Boy comes from that film. That's yes. the only thing I really yes. remember about yep. it. Well, I can say I definitely saw it. Okay. I saw it when I was a teenager and I did enjoy it. It's very moving what happens in it. And even why he says stay gold in the moment that he says stay gold. For folks who have seen it, you know, that's a very pivotal moment towards the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even though, is it the last line spoken in the film? Maybe it's, it's really at the very Ooh. end. Uh, okay. But it's based on the S.E. Hinton uh, novel for, uh, from 1967. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, set, which is set in Oklahoma. And we, we did learn recently where that the home that it's was shot in, they've now turned into a museum dedicated to the outsiders. And we've seen a oh. video of some of the different stars, uh, visiting, yeah. it, uh, you know, we talked the about that, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but this, uh, it's musical adaptation features a book from Adam Rapp with Justin Levin, I'm going to say, and with music and lyrics by the folk duo, Jamestown Revival. Are you guys f- familiar with those guys? Mm-mm. No. no. Yeah, me neither. Mm-mm. Uh, but along Mm-mm. with Levin, they're, they're writing the, uh, the lyrics and music for it as well. In the very least, you probably know this about the film. It introduced us to a plethora of uh, up and coming actors uh, from the mm-hmm. 1980s, including yeah. C. Thomas Howell, Rob Lowe. It was his first feature film. Mm. Uh, Emilio Estevez, yeah. Matt Dillon, Tom Cruise, uh, yes. Patrick Swayze, Ralph oh Macchio, of course, Diane Lane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, in the very least, it was very important for that, but it is a very good, it's a, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It's of a time, you know? It's of the night, mm-hmm. late. It's, I'm surprised it says 1967 because it's like the greasers versus the socias. It feels like a very 50s thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Maybe this there yeah. in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, it was kind of, it's one of those towns that's kind of <laughs> lost in time. It, it wow. took a while for them to, yes. you know, realize the whole uh, f- flower power generation had gone through. Pull a cat here. Let me, let me, let me put this on my watch list here. <laughs> John's definitely not going to watch that for folks uh, listening at home. <laughs> He, he, he wrote it on a post and threw it in the garbage. Oh, no. It's edible paper. Oh, oh that's not. <laughs> can't wait for your noodles. <laughs> no, today it's potato soup waiting for me on the stove. Oh, the show, I love potato so. soup. Mm, Homemade yum. potato nice. soup with mushrooms and ham. Okay. Is it, a, is it a creamy base? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the spoon stands up in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Especially when you put three handfuls of oyster crackers oh, okay. in there. It really stands up. <laughs> oh. In it. oh, yes. The oysters start that's revolting. That's the best part. Hey, another just, 1980s. No. What's the that? soup's just a vehicle for the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I often thought that most foods exist just as a vehicle for us to eat butter. Oh. John's <laughs> foods may exist for him to eat oyster crackers. Oh, yes, they're vehicle for oyster crackers. Certainly the soups do. Yeah. <laughs> the soups do. <laughs> hey, another 1980s news. And as reported by USA Today, the show is over for Munch's Make Believe Band. Well, almost. <sighs> oh, no. No, big sigh. John's having big <laughs> feels John. of this. So uh, folks are familiar, Chuck E. Cheese, it's, it is the top, it is the original global family entertainment venue. Well, it's going to remove its animatronic bands from all lo- locations except one in California. During mm. a live press conference on November 2nd, Chucky, Chucky announced that Munch's, it was actually Chucky? I don't think oh, it was. Boy. That's what this says. Chucky announced <laughs> that Munch's make-believe band, you know what? <laughs> now, I realize, John. Well, yeah, yeah, let me yeah. read this first. Chucky announced that Munch's Make Believe Band will now only perform in Northridge, California, near Los Angeles. Now I'm wondering if what happened yeah. with Chucky is the same thing that happened with Daryl Hall and John Oates that we're going to talk about in a moment. Oh, that could be the story. <laughs> Chucky is suing Pasquale. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the Northridge location is, un, is a unique exception that the company's keeping open for the purposes of nostalgia. It will be the only mm. Chuck E. Cheese fun center with an animatronic band. Mm-hmm. Uh, per David uh, McKillops, the CEO of uh, Chucky's 
parent company, CEC, said, quote, uh, we know that the animatronic band holds a special place for many fans in their childhood memories. We want our fans to know that the decision to keep the band here is meant as a gesture of love and gratitude as our legacy continues to evolve in new ways. It is no way an indication that the animatronics are actually possessed by the souls of children, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> now, almost the greater sadness for me is yeah. that really the current Chuck E. Cheese is... Mm-hmm. Showbiz Pizza, because Showbiz sure. Pizza purchased Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. But because Chuck E. Cheese yes. was more recognizable, they mm-hmm. used that name. Furthermore, mm-hmm. the best animatronic band was the Rock of Fire Explosion at Showbiz. Mm-hmm. Oh, So with yeah. all the Showbiz getting rid of their animatronic bands, that means the last remnants of the Rock of Fire Explosion are now gone. Showbiz Pizza was my first, mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. and I think I only went there one time, uh, experience with <laughs> the animatronic band thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from Disney and I, Oh, I was, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it was in Georgia. It was in the South. Rock of fire is awesome. I couldn't have told you the name of that. I just, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. remember being like, wowed by it. Like there are hobbyists that have purchased those animatronics and keep them alive and continue to make new songs with them. There's oh a whole documentary. Gosh. It's a big deal. Yeah, I don't, really I don't like the way you said, keep them alive. <laughs> <laughs> it means what it means. You infer into it, whatever you yeah, like. In the documentary, <laughs> do you have to keep it in the pentagram? Is that part of the thing? <laughs> don't cross the circle. Once a month, sprinkle some salt. Don't break yeah. the salt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Chucky actually was at the press conference and you may have been mistaken there, but that made me think, I actually know Chuck E. Cheese's full legal name. Do you okay. know Chuck E. Cheese's full legal name? <laughs> oh, with the e- if you don't, it's awesome. Uh, hang on, I think I know. I feel like I know this Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, it's awesome. No, I, yeah, I don't. I can't think of it. No. What is Cat? it? I do not know. Charles Entertainment Cheese. Oh, <laughs> is his actual name? Yes, that's funny. <laughs> Charles, because. Entertainment, entertainment is, is my name. middle name. That is awesome. And at first I thought you were going to say, I actually know Chuck E. Cheese. And yeah. then I was expecting uh, it. Yeah. yeah, I thought so too. I was ready. I thought so too. But then you kept going. I, about the, I do not name. know him. I couldn't no, switch no, the screens no fast enough, Kat. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese was the first family restaurant to integrate food with arcade games and animated entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, it was known as Chuck E. Cheese's Pizza Time Theater. It was founded in 1977 by Atari's co-founder, Nolan Bushnell. Nolan Bushnell. Now, according to Atari oh, co-founder, yeah. uh, Tad, uh, T- Ted Dabney, Bushnell wanted to open a Chuck E. Cheese-like establishment. He didn't know it was going to be exactly Chuck E. Cheese, even before Atari. Wow. Yeah. Uh, at the time, okay. however, Dabney explained that it made no fiscal sense, but it's almost like he was prescient, right? Yeah. Or that he created Atari to serve Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> because <laughs> when, when Atari did take off, quote, Bushnell, according to Dabney, quote, Bushnell had the means to pursue it, plus a built-in mm-hmm. distribution model for Atari's new releases, end quote. Yep. He had a place oh. to put all those Atari arcade, arcade cabinets now. Until oh there gosh. were actual arcade arcades, those were the arcades for Atari's machines, and then arcades sprouted up. Yep. That's oh, if you want to so play fun. the arcade machines without the horrible pizza. Right? Well, in 1978, <laughs> yes. when the Atari's then corporate parent, uh, Warner Communications, f- refused to open additional locations, Bushnell purchased the rights to the concept and the characters from Warner's for $500,000. A bargain. You know, you know John, yeah. John mentioned, so, you know, we had this, so Chuck E. Cheese, uh, so Bushnell had a partner whose name escapes me. And he, mm-hmm. what happened was he got, wanted to start his own thing because in part, I believe it was, is they, so when Chuck E. G. started, they, they were making the animatronics themselves in-house. Mm-hmm. In fact, originally, uh, Bushnell bought a costume for the, for the main character for the animatronic building <laughs> that he oh believed boy. was a coyote. And oh. he was going to, uh, that was going to be the mascot. But then when they built this thing, they realized the coyote was actually a rat. Wasn't a coyote. <laughs> a rat. <laughs> so he, he decided, you know, we should change the name from Coyote Pizza, which was what it was going to be originally called, to Rick oh. Rat's Pizza. Oh no. And wisely oh, no. his marketing people were like, no one's going to want to eat a place with the name rat in it. <laughs> Rats pizza. So they proposed the uh, iconic brand that we have now, but mm. it was like Bushnell's partner uh, got wind of this other, uh, an animatronic company, creative something or other that this is what they did. Down here in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like central Florida nearby where I grew up. Cool. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to do my own thing. We're going to have better yeah. animatronics. I'm going to call it showbiz. Mm-hmm. 
And then there Bushnell sued him and said, well, wait a second. Oh. You're just doing the same thing. <laughs> oh my God. And so as a result, <laughs> uh, Showtime had to pay uh, mm. for a decade. They had to pay part of their profits to Chuck E. Cheese. Of course, Showtime gets the last laugh, as John mentioned, because Chuck E. Cheese eventually goes into the first of a few bankruptcies throughout their lifetime. Yep. And uh, show, Showbiz Pizza snatches them up. Yeah, you said Showtime a couple Sorry. times there, but did you mean Showbiz? Showbiz. Okay, there you go. Now, I'm going to open a Rick Rats pizza and see if I can get a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's too bad they were going away. I mean, as time passes, those animatronics look ricketier and ricketier to oh, watch. Yeah. They are uh-huh. so... They're going to fall apart, you know, but... <laughs> There's something about it that's like, like I never even went to see them. It's just that they're there. Yeah. It's that when yes. they play, I'll look out of the corner of my eye and go, oh, they're dancing. The the, the felt and mm-hmm. robots are dancing on stage mm-hmm. again. That's awesome. <laughs> but just having them gone, it's like a, it's like a snuffing of a, of a torch from the eighties kind of, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, we're keeping one up here, but it's not accessible to everybody. So it's, it's effectively no. passed. It's gone. I only first stepped step foot in a Chuck E. Cheese when I had my first kid. And they, yes, a friend had same. a birthday party yeah. there. I don't think we ever had a birthday party there, but maybe we did. We did. And that's the first mm-hmm. time I'd been exposed to the animatronics and the whole, you know, the whole concept mm-hmm. of it. Were you creeped out? Yeah, I was. And that was, yeah. <laughs> As you should have been. Definitely creepy. Yeah. Well, you He's know, been now, creeped out this whole conversation, I think. <laughs> I mean, obviously the fact, you know, obviously- Chuck E. Cheese and even the failing animatronics inspired this whole Five Nights at Freddy's franchise, which is huge now, right. which yeah. plays on that notion that animatronic bands in pizza places are scary. I wasn't scared. No. I was enthralled. Hey, <laughs> another 1980, hey, another 1980s news as reported by The Guardian. Hall tells Oates to leave him alone. He's a family man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So hot on the heels of Stuart Copeland revealing that there were times he wanted to, quote, choke the life out of Sting, end quote. Mm-hmm. The Guardian right? reported that Daryl Hall of the Rock Duo Hall and Oates' his father restraining order against his bandmate, John Oates. Now, it turns out he didn't follow the restraining order, so, so they couldn't come near him. It's, it's different. We just, we. Yeah, what's that yeah. about? Well, I, I know yeah. we don't know it's sealed. And well, we, mm. we do know now. It's been unsealed since. since oh, yeah, oh, that's right. right. So I got more information for it. He's been asked to not perform Maneater ever yes. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously? No, 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 no. Oh my God. Okay. Because <laughs> that's a creepy song. Oh, it, oh yeah? It's about New York City. <laughs> well, according to Axios Nashville reporter Nate Rao, Ru, Rao, Rule, Rao, who first reported the suit, the suit Raul. by Hall is against Oates as an individual and Oates's trust. Mm-hmm. In a newly unsealed court documents that were relayed by TMZ, Hall claimed that he was, quote, blindsided, end quote, by Oates' decision to sell uh, his interest in their catalog and noted that oh. Hall would need to approve such a transaction. Hall further alleged that Oates purposely timed his decision so that it coincided with the starts of Hall's latest tour. The singer claimed his oh. bandmate was trying to, quote, ambush, end quote, and distract him in an attempt to, quote, intentionally cause me the maximum amount of harm. Harm? Financial harm. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah financial harm. Yes. Right. Yeah. And in particular, the the uh, the party that Oates was looking to sell to is a company called Primary Wave, which already owns a portion of their uh, catalog. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hall made it clear that he has no intention of becoming partners with them and letting Oates mm-hmm. out because- he said that he was familiar with the company's reputation for exploiting copyrights and trademarks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the restraining order, again, it's not that Oates can't get within a certain amount of feet of Hall. <laughs> it's that he's blocked Oates' ability to sell to primary wave until they, mm-hmm. the legal proceedings right. play out. I'm not saying whether or not that's, I think that's a good idea. I have no idea, but yeah. I guess I just don't understand. I don't understand the financial implications of that for Hall. Like mm-hmm. how, I, yeah, I'm not following that. Well, Kat, picture it this way. So imagine that Will and I started off on a podcast tour. And while we were away, you chose mm-hmm. that time to sell your stake in the back catalog of 1980s now. When you knew okay. we weren't available to intercede and therefore kind of, okay. kind of, kind of, you know, like you would do. I was darn, you're, you're on to me. I was plotting this. <laughs> Just restraining order. Yeah. It reminds me of... I believe I'm going to get this right, but this is certainly just my recollection that uh, after the passing of John Lennon, Yoko Ono had the rights, you know, succeeded mm. to John to John's mm. John Lennon's rights. And I've yeah. heard Paul McCartney lament on different occasions that because of that, he is beholden to her as re- representing okay. that half of their, you know, whatever interest in that catalog, whatever they own, 
They have mm-hmm. to come to an agreement together. And so if she doesn't want to do something the way the contract's written, that just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So even okay. McCartney wants to do certain things. So now Hall, who would otherwise be working with Oates and Oates' folks, has got to work with this company that he doesn't like to begin with. So okay. if that has to do with additional licensing, like somebody wants to use our song for whatever, great, how much? Fantastic, do it. The company says, now nah, we don't want to do it. Okay, I think I, I'm following. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Now, it turns out mm-hmm. that these guys haven't been getting along forever, it seems. Uh, because, uh, so sad. Yeah. Um, Man. Uh, during a 2022 uh, interview on Bill Maher's Club Random podcast, uh, Daryl Hall told uh, the host that, quote, he's my business partner, not my creative partner. Ouch. We made records called Hall and Oates together, but we've always been very separate. And that's a really important thing for me, end quote. And I watched this interview and it's like, he wants mm-hmm. to be, look, I want to make it clear. Coming clean here. I want, I don't want, look, we're, we're, he said he's my brother, but we don't create stuff together. In fact, he <laughs> right? says to, to Mar, you know the song Kiss on My List? Yeah. Okay. I, that song I did entirely by myself. Oates never stepped, set foot in the studio. So it was, wow. it was that kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. They've been performing as a duo since 1972, and ha- but but they haven't officially broken up, even uh, you know amidst all this wrangling. Here. <laughs> it sounds like I should take all of my Hall and Oates albums in my media library and move yeah. them into various artists. Because really, <laughs> it's, it's not Hall. Yeah. He, he's claiming it's like compilation albums are doing their own thing, but they are together. Yeah. It, it goes yeah. back. You you reference the you know thing with Copeland and Sting. It's the same thing yeah. where here you are creatives that are making something together. And it sounds like the men just cannot deal with each other any longer because, mm-hmm. or they're backbiting or doing, yeah, it's sniping. It's too bad. It really is. Cause you got to yeah. think at some point they were not just collaborators. You don't enter into a partnership with someone you can't stand. They were probably right. friends at some point. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I, would I wouldn't think so. know. <laughs> the vibe I get is that they're better friends than they are artists together. Like, you know, I don't know if he's having a over for a barbecue, but it sounds like he can tolerate that. But, you know, like the Stuart Copeland thing, tell me which, you know, I should be using this symbol instead of this other one, Zildjian yeah. or whatever. This other one. <laughs> get out. <laughs> and you look better with the mustache. Shave the goatee heart. <laughs> They've had 20, 21. I found this interesting, of course, being a 1980s podcast. 21 of their 34 songs that reached the Billboard Hot 100 were in the 1980s. In the 80s. Mm-hmm. Five of their six number ones were also released during that decade. Mm-hmm. Are you guys fans mm-hmm. of Hall & Oates? I love yeah. Hall & Oates. Yeah. That's part yeah. of why I feel so sad about this. It's tarnishing <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. my image mm. of them and my experience. I don't know that it was my album. I think it was a shared album in our house, okay. but that was one mm-hmm. of the first albums I remember playing over and over and over was the H2O album. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, and and just enjoying them on the radio yeah. and eagerly awaiting when they would come on. Mm. I... I had a missed opportunity to see them in concert back in the, at the end of the summer, 2019, they performed somewhere really close by. Uh Like we can hear them from the house kind of close by, except timing. It's really close at a fairgrounds, like a, yeah, it's a 10 minute walk. Um, but timing didn't work out. I I had my eyes on, uh, on going, but it didn't work. You're a way bigger fan than I am. Cause I, I, for me, Hall and Oates is, like there are some groups that, or, or artists or whatever, that I have several of their albums. And there are yeah. some groups mm-hmm. that I have their best of albums. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. Hall & Oates is the, the best of group. Like, sure. I don't like their catalog. Okay. Uh, that, that's, not a, that's not fair. It's not that I hate <laughs> it. I don't know their catalog. Yeah. Sure. Okay. But I only yeah. really care about their hits. You know what I mean? Okay. Will, did you like them? Yeah, as much like you, Cat. I remember having the H2O album and sitting like with the record player behind me and the speakers behind me and, you know, looking at the jacket <laughs> while playing the record. Now that's reading the lyrics, and we had yeah. another Hall and Oates record. Maybe it was a greatest hits record, but I think mm. it was a, it was a different mm. one or later one. And there were yeah. some songs I would DJ with later on in the in the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. said, I couldn't tell you the al- other album names. I could tell you song names. Um, a girl chased me up uh, a telephone pole in the, my, during my like sister's sixth grade birthday party, singing "Your Kisses on My List." Wait, what? To kiss me? <laughs> I remember that. Was this during your what? gymnastics days? You were climbing up telephone <laughs> no. poles. No. Were there any handholds, or did you just scamper up the pole? <laughs> I was also greased, John, and yeah. Oh, were you? Yeah, it was yeah. Me. yeah. 
No, there was, was some amazing. hand holding. Yes. You're passing holding. down pickle jars at some yeah. point you later had, in the you, like, like, you had to yeah, jump to get to the first handhold, I think. You know, it was like first one's a few feet off the ground. Okay. You know? All right. Wow. Okay. So, like there the, was some athleticism on yeah. display, I'm sure. Like the utility guys bring extra ones that they put in so they can climb up. Those are gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I stayed at the top. I was like, no. So you became a pole sitter to get away from a kiss. I hadn't hit puberty yet. <laughs> if it was post puberty, I'd be like, ah, ah, like John's noodles. Nom, 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 nom. You'd be swan diving from the pole. Here I come, kiss me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, just for fun then. Once again, it's time to play. No, no, no can do. All right, I told you there's 21 of 34 of their songs were in the 1980s. Let me give you one minute and you tell me how many, see how many Hall & Oates songs you can name. Oh, goodness. Oh, okay. Just shout them out. Go. All right, go. Yeah, oh, just we, name we just have to I'm going to cross them off. Yeah. We're not getting uh, man eater. Oh, I don't Your think I'm going to be this then. You're wasting time right now. <laughs> Was Private Eyes yes. in uh, the right, 80s? Okay, great. Yep. Man eater. Um, uh, oh, criminy. <laughs> I can't think of any. Um... Uh, one on one. Family man. Make my dreams come true. Um, that one is that one? Is that eighties one? Uh, yep. yep, yep. Okay, you make my dreams come true. Um, I. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Huh? Oh, I thought you were saying what? it. Good. Sorry. <laughs> Twenty seconds left on the clock. Ah, oh, this is so hard. I hear. I thought we were gonna get clips, and I got to recognize them. Um, you take the piece of me with you. keep you. singing, John. <laughs> every every time you go. Is that what's called? Sarah, Sarah that Smiles. That? That's no, not 70s, though. Oh, that was 80s, though. Cool. Uh, no, it wasn't um, 80s. Sorry. Uh, oh, dang it. <laughs> um, all right, time is up. Uh, That's all I've got. Now, we look, did, you did lot. kiss on my list, right? That was a gimme, because yeah, you yeah, said yeah. that yeah. one. A oh. yeah, okay, yeah, we did that one. That had to be 80s, yeah. There's a six okay. you got on here. Well, oh, that was really? the one that sent Will up the flagpole. That's so, right. Or the phone so pole, look, there's a lot was. of songs on here, but I'm going to tell you the ones that I know. I sound like it, such a okay. They did a cover of <laughs> You Lost That Loving Feeling. That was a good one. <gasps> right. Uh, okay. I can't go for that. No, no. Oh, oh no gosh. can do. I can't believe I didn't say that. Okay. Say mm -hmm. it isn't. Say it isn't so. So. You're <laughs> out of touch. I'm out oh, of out of touch. touch. Yeah. Uh, method of a Modern Love. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are and all they, the greatest hits, by the yeah. way. And they did it. Well, yeah, they were yes. hits. And they did a medley of yeah. the, the way you do the things you do. My Girl, remember that? Yes. Hey, I know it doesn't sound like it because our show sounds so damn good, but we don't have a big corporate sponsor or a giant podcast network behind us. No. In fact, this show is brought to you week after week with the generosity of folks just like you. Listeners who give us a dollar or two or more every month to help us pay all the different bills associated with creating a wonderful show about the 1980s. To find out how you can support our show with a dollar or two or the many free ways to help our show, visit 1980snow.com support. Whatever you do, thank you so much. All right, here we go. Hey, a couple more stories for you this week. Uh, next up on 1980s News... And, uh, you know, again, speaking of these unfortunate acts that just are musicians that aren't getting along, as reported by Metal Injection, Hagar tells, Hagar, did I get it wrong again? Sammy, no, you got it. Hagar. No, you did it right. All right. Hagar, Hagar tells Hagar. Roth to leave him alone. He's a family man. <laughs> I was going to say he tells Roth he can't drive 55, but that's just um, uh, oh, didn't work. you hit the wrong button. No, Wait. no it just didn't work. <laughs> Deep cut and say, tells him, don't stand so close to me. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> hmm, but that would be a police song, though. Oh, I know, because we just connected well, it back to the police from the previous song. Oh, I see. Okay, again. yeah, yeah, you're right. All the discord. Hey, Sammy Hagar. Six degrees of separation. Sammy Hagar just recently announced his Best of Both Worlds tour featuring former Van Halen bassist Michael Anthony. Guitarist is Joe Satriani and drummer mm -hmm. mm. and uh, Jason Bonham, who's the, you know, the son of the legendary John Bonham from uh, yeah, right. Led Zeppelin. The oh. tour focuses on the Van Hagar era of the band and kicks <laughs> off in July. <laughs> Upon announcing the tour, and this is where things start getting interesting and controversial here, Hagar said in part, quote, we're going to invite every musician in town. If Alex Van Halen wants to jump up, if David Lee Roth wants to come out jump. and join us, come on, motherfucker. You are welcome. This is about Van Halen. <laughs> Something about my tequila. I can't remember what it's called. What's it called? Uh, anybody? Uh, what? The tequila he sells. He's always promoting. Oh. I, uh, oh whatever. Anyway. I never bought his tequila. Anyway, Sorry. Anyway. 
Well, in a surprising <laughs> turn of events, David Lee Roth expressed his willingness to join Hagar on his upcoming tour. Right. Which again, which is going to feature a set list, you know, a heavy Van Halen set list. So David Lee Roth is perfect. Now we can get some more, you know, we got the Van Hagar, we get some of the Roth mm -hmm. era stuff in there. In a statement provided to Van Halen News Desk, Roth replied to Hagar's invitation in a few words, quote, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And <laughs> quote. That's a direct quote, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Now, look, you guys might not know this, but Roth's involvement in this would, would mark a significant re reunion between these two former frontmen yeah. who have had a tumultuous relationship in the past. And I blame David Lee Roth. I mean, he, it's right. I mean, he's the well, he's the common denominator between things. Anyway, yeah. well, it would have marked a, a uh, significant reunion uh, because in a series of comments on Instagram, Hagar clarified his invitation. Oh my god! Referring to Roth, <laughs> he said, "Quote: He's not invited on the tour. No fucking way. It was to sing a song with us somewhere, like a lot of singers, guitarists, etc., are going to do on this tour." I know better than to have him on tour again. Been there, done that. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough to wow. seal it, to burn that bridge, Hagar took some shots at Roth about his ability to remember lyrics, adding, quote, he can come out and sing a song on a show or two if he can remember the words. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone is to blame there, I think. I think yeah. Hagar probably spoke out of turn. Yeah, they had this idea. They're going to invite people in different venues to come and join. Mm -hmm. But when you do that, you're opening up a door that people are like, yeah. well, that means. But then on the other side, David Lee Roth, he knows he's not invited on the tour. Oh. He took this little <laughs> cracked door. Let's swing the door wide open and I'm on the whole thing. No, yeah. you're not. You're, no. You know you're not. They'd have called if that's what they wanted, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's true. Yeah. Not the David so, Lee Roth show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. David Lee Roth, he thinks he's as, as important as he thinks David Lee Roth is. And he figured if he said something, they'd go, oh, please, yes, rush into my waiting open arms and be on the tour. Yeah. 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 He did a high kick. <laughs> oh, I just kicked my headphones out. Oh no! <laughs> oh, John knocked his microphone out. I just kicked my headphone cord out. You're a showman. Oh my god! There we go. Oh boy! <laughs> that shows you how high it was. Kick well, uh, we saw your knee. Yeah, I could see your knee in the, in the frame. And that was it. Just the knee came up because the rest of the leg was. He's like, over there. Yeah, oh yeah. He's like, nope. So pretty when a flag unfurls, and he kicks it. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. That was Will. Well, it's unclear <laughs> if Roth's going to join him at all, even for a song. But I, I think, look. Uh, I wouldn't now. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not going to be a paid gig. Why would you go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a shame. But anyway, the tour oh, kicks oh, off in man. July in West Palm Beach, Florida, with Loverboy set Ooh. to open for Hagar's band. Yeah. Oh, right? That's cool. They mm -hmm. do Everybody's Working for the Weekend, and that's Everybody. it. And ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Sammy Hagar. <laughs> and, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and they had other hits, right? I'm sure they did. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Mm. Hey, finally, it is reported. Um. <laughs> oh, nobody can name any, though. Oh, Kat. That's right. <laughs> I forgot. Once again, it's time to play. I've got a list of hit songs by Loverboy. I'm going to give you one second to name <laughs> any number of them. Everybody's working for the weekend. <laughs> that's it! Just make the buzzer. Mm. All right. Hey, this week in 1980, this week, finally in 1980s news, as reported by Entertainment Weekly, Willem Dafoe reveals his ghostly role in Beetlejuice 2. Ooh. Yes. The film, the, the film is wrapped. It's done. It's post-production. Mm -hmm. It's going to be coming soon. I'm excited this, for this. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah, Fingers really. crossed. I mean, as previously announced, you've got Dafoe, who's set to appear alongside Michael Keaton, reprising his role mm -hmm. in the Tim Burton Film, the sequel to Tim Burton's original film from the 1980s. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, we've got a number of the... Winona Ryder's coming back. Catherine O'Hara's coming back. Awesome. Jeffrey Jones probably stalls an ankle monitor on. He can't leave his <laughs> home. <laughs> don't... He'll be joining via Skype. Allegedly, I think, but not really. I don't know. Uh, anyway, but while we know Keaton's obviously going to reprise the titular role, we didn't know what Defoe mm -hmm. was going to play. And now right. we've got some additional information. During a new interview with Variety, uh, mm -hmm. the actor revealed some oddly specific details about his role. Uh, he said, quote, <laughs> I haven't seen awesome. any footage yet, but it was fun to do. Mm -hmm. I will play a police officer in the afterlife. So I'm a dead person. And in mm -hmm. life, I was a B-movie action star. But I had an accident, and that's what sent me to the other side. And 
That's awesome. I, I don't know what that's how it's going to be on screen, but that's I love the premise. I do too. Everything about that. I think I'm looking forward to this more than I am the next Ghostbusters. Not that I'm not looking forward yeah. to the Ghostbusters, yeah. but oh, if you yeah, said yeah. to me, hey, John, would you like to screen one of these early? I would pick Beetlejuice too, yeah. right away. You pick this. I could see that because it's it it is so it is so unmined territory. You know, we've had the first film. We had mm -hmm. the the stage show and that's it. Oh, okay, cartoons, whatever. But I mean, they have not been sequels and remakes and things like yeah. Ghostbusters has had, it's had tons of stuff, right? Whereas Beetlejuice had one motion picture and nothing else since then. So I'm super excited to see. And then Willem Dafoe is already such a freak anyway. And now to know he's going to play a dead guy yeah. who was this, you know, a, a, a bigger probably in his mind than he was in reality actor, you know, so- Yes. Actors always have a great time playing actor stereotypes. And so here is this great superstar. <laughs> he gets to play in the playground of kind of making fun of lesser stars and how they behave and kind of in jokes in the industry, uh -huh. I can only imagine. So, and then you layer on the, they're dead, which mm -hmm. probably means it was suicide. If he's, it depends. I didn't oh, say he's right. a social worker. So right. he may not have done, he had an accident of some kind, but we don't know if he's, is he a, is he a public servant detective now or something? So, cause yeah. we know suicide's what makes you a, a social worker of some kind, right? The social yeah. worker. Right. So yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And that you say he's a detective. Doesn't that imply he's investigating something? Mm -hmm. What is that? It does. Why would you cast, why would you cast Willem Dafoe as a detective if he doesn't have shit to detect, right? <laughs> Maybe so. he was assassinated. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Could be. maybe he's trying to Could be. solve his, his own murder. Own murder. Yeah. yeah, and I think John, I agree with you about the Beetlejuice <laughs> thing because we, we we look in taking everything you said. Obviously, is is uh, one of the reasons, but the the fact that Ghostbusters has been so mined, but also, but even though it was yes. mined in that way, it was we hadn't had a sequel film, a true sequel, until this last mm -hmm. film a couple of years ago. But now we get a sense of what mm -hmm. they're going to do. We know what the world feels right. like. We could see what could be done. We don't know if Tim Burton's going to be able to bridge, you know, the thirty plus years. Yeah since the last film and what that would, would be or feel like or be successful. Right. So there's a greater curiosity and yes. anticipation. It just feels and the, bigger, more intense. And the tone, like Beetlejuice had a bit of a, it was a lower budget than Burton wanted. And so mm -hmm. he intentionally got like the low frame rate Harryhausen effects because he wanted it to feel B-movie. Mm. So you know yeah. what? Here, we, This is what I got. I'm, rather than beg for more money, I'm going to take that and I'm going to make it B-movie-ish and make the you know, a little bit cheesy effects with the snake and the, you know, the, so like, are we going to stick with that? Or is it going to go all super high def, you know, bleeding edge CGI? Yeah. What, no, how, no. how is the world going to feel? You know, mm -hmm. so I'm really curious about that. Oh, I hope yeah. they stick to the original. Mm -hmm. uh, the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. has, uh, uh, you know, Tim Burton, in addition to doing the films he's done, which include a very, most often they include some sort of, well, first of all, they have a very Burton aesthetic. You know, he's a very clear sort of uh, design mm -hmm. that's, you know, purposeful to his work. But you're right, John, in many of his films, even, you know, beyond Beetlejuice, they film some sort, include some sort of animation. And uh, yeah. I don't know that we've ever seen, and in addition to that, he's worked with studios that are just entirely animation. The Night Before, Mayor Before Christmas comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Has he ever used mm -hmm. CG in any of his films for, for the animation part, you might've used it to enhance things, you know, mm. otherwise, but I don't mm -hmm. think so. Mm. I think, yeah. And he, look, he, and he came up for the Disney animation studios. You know, that's, that was his, his background was working in, you know, hand, you know, uh, hand-drawn animation when he started out. So it wouldn't be surprising to me. And I think that we, maybe we can trust the fact that he'll still use the old tried and true techniques. That'd be cool. I hope so. Mm, I hope so. A few other details have been revealed about the plot of the upcoming movie, but Keaton has openly discussed the joys of getting the band back together. I'm not sure if we talked about this, so I'm going to just read you this quote from Keaton referring to working on yeah. the sequel. Yeah, yeah. He said, Beetlejuice is the most fucking fun you can have working. Uh, he told Empire Magazine this <laughs> earlier this year. He said, uh, quote, it's so fun. Uh -huh. It's so great. And you know what it is? We're doing it exactly like we did the first movie. Oh, oh here we go. We have our answer. Shit. Okay. I cut all the rest of the part out as if I had read this ahead of time, which I did, which I did. And then I promptly <laughs> forgot clearly. Now, now this makes sense because he says, and I didn't understand this when I read it the first time. There's a woman in the great waiting room for the afterlife, literally with a fishing line. I want people to know this because I love it. She's tugging on the tail of a cat to make it move. 
Now I understand she's a puppeteer. Uh, I, I thought she was a character. No, she's making the cat move. So yeah, they're doing in-camera stuff. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that what oh. you're talking about? Yeah, I, I thought know. they were describing a character with a fishing line. Like, is that how she died or what? See, that's why we, that's that wasn't clear to I us. I see. Too. Practical effects. Oh, thank so goodness. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. Okay. In addition to the original <gasps> to original crazy. cast members, the sequel mm -hmm. features Wednesday star, Wednesday, which is another Tim Burton production, star uh, Jenna mm -hmm. Ortega as mm -hmm. the daughter to Ryder's character, Lydia. Uh, Justin Thoreau is also featured, but mm -hmm. uh, his role has not uh, yet been disclosed. The film is slated to arrive in theaters on September 6th, 2024. He has uh, several things now in 2024 mm -hmm. that I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, I myself am strange and unusual. <laughs> I think, I think my, we got my daughter a necklace that says that last year. Our, our family's big fans of Beetlejuice. Mm. Um, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, who isn't? <laughs> I, I think we've talked about this before too. I, and maybe we haven't, but we've talked about it in real life. I know I've talked about other people. I was so anxious to show. Look, my kids are eight years apart, and so I had I had a lot of experience with my oldest. That then eight years later, I had a, had a game with my youngest. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. which was good training. Except now, I don't know if you guys with. This is a trope, right? But you guys have heard this before, this idea that the younger kid, you kind of get a little loosey-goosey with, you know? <laughs> yeah. The first kid's not going to eat McDonald's Been or watch there, TV. Done that. You yeah. know, the, the second kid, you're mm -hmm. dropping off at the mall with the credit card. Have fun. You know, uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. So one of the things was, you know, I was anxious to show my kids Beetlejuice. And they were both... Yeah. But look, for most of the film, like, they'll be fine. It's a little scary, but it's kind of fun, scary. They'll be good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it has one F word in it. <laughs> and both of them oh, are too young. Hey. We're, we're not, look. Wait, yeah. I know what it is. I have to be. Yes. Nice fucking model. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. It's the only one. Because yeah. I say that every time I'm playing with something or working on something and it <laughs> breaks and I go, nice fucking model. <laughs> this is this is the behind the scenes of John with his videos on YouTube. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Reviewing a product. John's coping yeah. skills with <laughs> Beetlejuice quotes. So my one yeah. with inferior products. My yeah. one oldest daughter, when she, when when they were a kid, when we're watching yeah. it, I was just ready with the volume with the mute. I seen that movie so many oh. times. I'm just like, okay, night model. It's perfect. And then with my youngest Smooth. daughter now, and look, in our family, just FYI, it's not that we don't we're not prudish. Okay. Ultimately, we have the conversation with the kids. Look, these are just words. And it's just a social mm -hmm. contract that mm -hmm. we understand certain words mean certain things and blah, blah, blah. It's just better if you mm -hmm. just don't use these words right now, you know, till you learn the other words and stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and no matter what you yeah. do, don't say in front of grandma and grandpa because I will get shit for it. And I don't want to hear from them. <laughs> right, right. And then they go, yeah. grandma, grandpa, please don't give dad shit. <laughs> he want shit from yeah. yeah, you got to be careful. That's the danger. But with my youngest daughter, probably around the same age as my oldest, we just watched it. She was fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's whatever. just a word. Just don't That's say fine. it. Yep. Say it at home. I don't care. Whatever. You've got the internet. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely worse things than bad words. You go to middle school. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, God. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. South Park is a documentary. You just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the kids, probably us when we were in middle school, too. You know a lot. You know, as parents, you kind of mm -hmm. think, eh, I don't know. Yeah. We're very in touch with our kids. We know what uh. they know. And they know a lot. Yeah. Mm. All right. Hey, that was 1980s news. Snooze? See, Did you, you say snooze? already thinking of falling asleep. <laughs> no cat. You say 1980s soup? Is that what you uh, Oh, said? John, that's. Oh, I see. It's, it's just a Freudian thing. Or it's, a, it's a Rorschach <laughs> yeah. test of sorts. Yeah. It's a Jungian thing, actually. <laughs> Jungian. Okay. Word association, maybe. Mm. <laughs> I say the show's over and you guys start thinking about what you're doing next. Mm. So that's it. So, hey, look, uh, on these uh, other, every other week episodes, I usually give you an update on my book. And I, in, in brief, making progress. I think I've had some mm. real, uh, yeah. I, like I told you guys for the last couple of times we talked, I think that for me, the biggest chunk, the mm. hardest chunk was having to write new text, new stories that cover this, yes. what's essentially a flashback, I suppose. Uh, that's part, half of it's a mm -hmm. romance and half of it's a tragedy, really. I guess sort of like, you know, many Shakespearean plays. Yes, that's right. I likened myself to Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> the bard. There you go. Willpower. Yes, willpower. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I'm nearly the same, done with that. Same name, why not? Yeah, I think I'm, yeah. I think I'm within a day or two done with that stuff. In the wow. end, for me, I get able to shift it into a higher gear 
And what I think mm-hmm. is, uh, I, 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 you know, suggested this a few weeks ago, crank through what's left, which is kind of just smoothing things over and mm-hmm. there's things I know need to be tweaked, but it's going to be a lot more efficient, I think, than having to create stuff out of whole cloth, you know, because oh, sure. mm-hmm. even with the stuff I'm writing against, th- these flashbacks are set in India in particular. I did find myself having to research a couple more things, which kind of slowed mm-hmm. me down. Uh, some mm-hmm. stuff I just wrote myself around and when I get more information, I'll go back and, uh, you know, uh, refine it to make it more specific. But um, anyway, there you yeah. go. You can ask me a number, John, I'll give you a number. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I think oh. it's time to update our spreadsheet. So we're keeping right. track because right now, every other week we're talking about the book in some form or fashion. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. we uh, talked all about the caste system and the, the Dalits and all that fascinating stuff for one of us. <laughs> I was thinking it. I loved learning about it when I listened to the episode. We should have quizzed her on the stuff that she fell asleep during. But because, again, for those just tuning in, your goal is to complete this by week 52, by the end of the week. By January 1st, you'd like to be done. Right. So we're keeping it running, and I put you on a vector where we're at. So last week we spoke, and you were at 90%. I'm sorry, last two weeks ago we spoke, you were at 90%. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I mean, you basically we we have three more get-togethers before you should hit a hundred, including this one, mm. right? So, oh. so you're at ninety percent. Last time we talked two weeks ago, and yep. you just talked about you you just about done with the, the the new the short chapters and that kind of thing. So, uh, you said you have a number. So lay it on me. Where do you? Yeah, really I, are I'm going to say ninety three percent. That's great. Because nice. if I had gotten it through it, and I tried, John, I told John the other day when we talked. I'm try, I was trying, I wanted to be able to see 94 because I have, you know, sort of a sense of, I think what's left after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just couldn't get this one part done in time. So yeah, 93%. Yeah. Well, that's good. So it, it, we've talked before that when you, when you hit um, setbacks, that it's not enough to resume, you must increase velocity or change yeah. variables. Right. Mm-hmm. So you did, you increased your velocity. So you gained three points over the last time we talked rather than two. Mm-hmm. So the productivity you mm-hmm. had, over this past two weeks are very good. Now the par for right now is 95%. So you're only 2% right. behind, which effectively means you're two weeks behind if, if you want yeah. to look at it that way. Sure. But I'd rather not, I'd rather not categorize it or qualify it as time because time is, we're not really measuring time. It's fluid. We're measuring progress. So it happens. Mm-hmm. We just, we just estimated how long it's going to take. So yeah. your progress over the last two weeks has been has been markedly improved over the previous time that we talked, certainly. And I think you're, if you can continue that trajectory, I mean, that's going to put, if you can continue that productivity over the next four weeks, that puts you at 99%. Yeah, like I mentioned, really good. I have a sense about what the next part is and I think it's going to be a sure. lot easier. I'm hoping, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. once I get into it, things may change. Uh, uh-huh. I may really remember that I never wrote a certain thing and I got to, I'm back to where I'm now. <laughs> right, and yeah. But I don't think All that's right. the case. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about okay. it. And yeah, and as far as increasing productivity, it's just, I hit this point where there was like these couple of stories that just came out. You know, you hear about people talk about this kind of thing and it just, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, look, I've been doing this for so many years now that I do, I am feeling at a point where I'm getting fairly proficient if I can get enough of a vision of what's happening to mm-hmm. get it out, you know? Yeah. Um, that yeah. I didn't have, you know, 10, 15 years ago. John is clearly better for your self-esteem than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, I'm feeling good about this. Yes, thank you, John. I really don't like putting numbers and quantifying the creative process, but it's something that I've learned to do for myself over the last several mm-hmm. years, which is it's mm-hmm. a creative process, but if you just leave it all loosey-goosey, then you, that's how you're going to behave. Like I, I always did, so... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really happy for you that you you picked up some speed there and you've uh, you feel that you got more under your belt. So I look forward to the next time we talk about this. I'm going to close down the spreadsheet now. It's entered in the record. Very no good. more numbers talk for me. Uh, yeah, so very nice. Well cool. done. Yeah, I just gotta, I can't wait to yeah. read it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Can't wait to be able to give you something to read. All right, hey, that was the show. Ah, uh. <laughs> I'm trying to learn something about Cat John. She can do one assignment per week. <laughs> and this week's was stay awake. And, uh, and, all right, so maybe she could do two things, including stay awake. And early on, this has happened before. She's so proud about having done the one thing that she's required to do. That we're then, proud of her. Then there's such a big contrast when she realizes, 
holy shit, I didn't do the other thing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel kind of (laughs) seen. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You need the list? I have a list. No, no. I have it right in front of me. Actually, I I did this after every episode. I write the names again. For the next week, because I oh, like okay. to shuffle them around, mm-hmm. so it's ready. Okay. I just didn't have it out in front of me, but I, I'm, okay. I'm I am ready, ready relatively speaking. <laughs> Very good. Ah, so our show is brought to you thanks in part mm-hmm. to our early adopters like mm-hmm. Rick Parker and Karen Fleer. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> and thank you especially to our secret mm-hmm. of our success level Patreon supporters like. Marcus Taylor, who did not interrupt the recording of this episode to the best Thank of my you. knowledge. <laughs> yeah, how does Kat know that? If she's, she's been not checking, been her, checking her phone on the reg. I didn't yeah. get any texts. How do you know <laughs> that? Muted. But I my phone didn't vibrate. <laughs> See that, John? I you turned the ring off, but she still was gonna go. Feel it. <laughs> 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 Okay, we're moving on to yes. Tony Great. Great. <laughs> Nick Guillory. Yo, Nick. Craig Coletta. Thank Matt you, Marino. John wow. Anderson. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Greer. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Hey, guys, thank you so very much for supporting the show week after week. We appreciate your contributions. And. Look, there's plenty of free ways. I just sent a text to Kat. See, she checks it. See, she checked it. I texted her and she checked it. My phone vibrated. Yeah, so and then you checked it. Yeah. Right, whatever. I, I broke eye contact. Oh. <laughs> I was, my eyes were moving up from where I just placed my notes mm-hmm. back to the screen. Oh, of course. Yes, 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 yeah. Just the right moment. Yep. Hey, we appreciate everything that you folks do to keep the show uh, running week after week, keeping the <laughs> lights on. I'm talking about keeping the subscriptions, the licensing all the different fees we have to pay, advertising mm-hmm. so folks can know about us, so on and so forth. Yeah. Thank you so much. There's other ways you could support the show too, like sending us a comment, uh, posting something on Facebook, following us on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like these folks, Miss So commented on YouTube, Will, I love you all, but you have my permission to lay that punk John out on the ground if he starts mentioning, quote, percentages and stats, end quote. <laughs> Nonsense about your book progress again. You'll finish the book when you finish the book. Good luck on the continued writing. Hilarious show as always. Love y'all. It's amazing. I'm about to get laid out. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you, yep. Do you feel seen, John? No. Uh, I, no. no. I feel misunderstood. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. On Facebook, we asked if folks remembered something wicked this way comes. I, I got to tell you, I felt a kind of alone last week when we were talking about, uh, was it last week? No, it was a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. Recently, oh. when we talked about streaming movies or movies from the 1980s mm-hmm. that aren't available to be streamed or on any yeah. of the digital media and included that to film from the early 1980s. Uh, Nicole says, yeah. heck yes. When Disney did Creepy, which this was on Plus or Disney needs to create a TV land like channel for those who would rather see Polly and I-Man than Teeny Boppers. Oh. I'm not sure what Polly <laughs> and I-Man are, but, uh, but not, yes. Maybe that was a um, voice to text. Issue. Disney, get it on there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nick says, the name of this movie eluded me for decades. Seriously. I have flashes of scenes in my memes <gasps> from seeing it at my uncle's house. I remember it being really weird and attractive to my young mind. Oh, so you helped him rediscover it. Isn't Maybe, that handy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, and Brandon, with regard right. to our, this is with regard to our Christmas movie episode, but last week we talked about uh, whether or not certain mm-hmm. films were Christmas movies. And you guys helped debunk or fine tune my uh, process for determining whether objectively <laughs> films are Christmas movies mm-hmm. or not. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that episode too. That we had some yes. good kind of, uh, some debates, the wrong term, yeah. some, no, I, uh, no, some good so. dialogue, yes. some good I discussions. Agree. I thought that was really constructive. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I agree. Me I too. It. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yes. There were times where I was editing and I said to my, my wife about, it, I was like, I love debating these guys. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was. Yeah. Uh, I but, found a point I should have pushed harder on. Like I brought something else up mm. about, I was like, mm. hmm, I should have thought of that and, and argued more about. <laughs> was it about the hente tentacle thing or? <laughs> <laughs> no, it had to do 
with gremlins and family. I felt like the family element was stronger uh, than you thought it uh, was. And he just mashed the button. Get the boo out. He just mashed the button. <laughs> he did. Right. He did. Get the f- uh, with one. regard to that episode, though, Brandon writes, love the episode, and I think all of you three raised valid points about each film. There is one film I think deserves at least an honorable mention, and that is Lethal Weapon. Even though it doesn't give off a Christmassy vibe, it does play, play, take place during Christmas. Mm-hmm. Family is a pretty strong factor, as there are different scenes involving Murtaugh's wife and kids, and even wraps up with Riggs finding some self-redemption or emotional growth when he shows up at Murtaugh's house during Christmas dinner and gives him the bullet he had, he had intended to kill himself with. Yeah. I agree 100%. Lethal Weapon yes. is, in Ooh. fact, a Christmas movie. Merry New Year! <laughs> it is. It's got all, and, and if you want to change the, you know, how we talked about it, it's a good Christmas movie. Oh, oh that's right. That's the... Uh, I, I, I choose not to, to debate you about it, so I'll let you have that one. It is beginning <laughs> to end Christmas. There is, okay. So, so you say. That's fine. The imagery is, <laughs> as much as you could have in California... <laughs> There's I'm, a gunfight in a just, Christmas tree. I'm lot. just goading you. I'm just. I'm just. Okay. I'm John just would rather have a Thanksgiving movie be a Christmas movie. All right. <laughs> well, all right. And the final comment we got for with regard to that episode is Craig writes, "It's a Wonderful Life" is definitely a Christmas movie. Thank you, Craig. But it is a terrible movie. Damn it, Craig. Uh-oh. <laughs> he didn't say that. No, he, he did. That, he did. did no, he did say that. Did he? Yeah. Oh, Craig. Come on, oh, Craig. Oh, he's showing on camera where you said that. He said both. He is. <laughs> He's goading you. All right. All right. Hey, guys, we will go to you again next time on 1980s Now. <laughs> Until next time. Showtime.